Sarah's back pain, true to form in all such matters, feels much better today than before, but not better enough to cancel the appointment with the chiropractor. This morning it has felt less knife-like and mostly like dull pressure, distinctly the kind of pressure, she thinks, that could be relieved by an adjustment of the spine. Since leaving the house twenty minutes ago, she has been second-guessing the most trivial of all her actions and decisions. She decided to phone Antonia, the woman who cleans the house, and ask her to come on Wednesday, a step that felt in the moment like progress, no longer hiding, a return to order and routine. But now she vaguely regrets the call. She likes Antonia, a Brazilian woman of about forty, a high school teacher of history in her own country. But there's something distressing about the thought of Antonia's scrutiny of things, the required looking into corners that is part of the job. Likewise, Sarah has questioned two or three times her decision to take the bus this morning rather than to drive. A decision based soundly on the fact that she could spend half the morning trying to find parking in the square. She has begun to grow accustomed to this relentless second-guessing. It began, in the days following Malcolm's death, as a small torment at the edges of the larger torment, like the itching at the rim of a wound. But now she pays it little mind, thinking sometimes that she has very little mind to pay. Everything about being out of the house today has seemed experimental, complicated, and vaguely risky. On her walk to the bus stop, she found herself looking down at her own feet, purposely avoiding the eyes of strangers. As she boarded the bus, she suddenly thought of the young, teary-eyed Latino intern at the hospital, who'd held Harry's hand in the corridor, a memory that made her feel oddly unsafe. And, of course, as she wavered down the aisle to a seat, the already seated passengers stared at her. People on buses do that. People on buses always stare at new arrivals. It signifies nothing. And yet she felt panicky, as if she'd put on her sweater backwards or forgotten to zip her pants. Her hearty inner voice said, Completely normal anxiety, Sarah. To be expected. One foot in front of the other. Then, during the short ride, it seemed to her that the deep vibration of the bus, the shuddering of the floor beneath her feet, of the seat she sat in, even of the cool window where it touched her shoulder, would lull her to sleep. She recalled some historical parental warning about not falling asleep on buses or trains, and she got off two or three stops early. Now, as she moves down a narrow alley alongside a sandwich shop toward the building that houses the chiropractor's office, she thinks she's making a terrible mistake. She's taking a completely unnecessary and dangerous risk, coming to a practitioner cold-called out of the yellow pages.